There's a metals exploration revival underway in Queensland as the local government has announced incentives for explorers to go out and find what they're calling the new economy minerals in order to make the energy transition happen. Granted, many minerals on this list have an eum on the end and they may sound futuristic, but if you scroll down the list, a lot of these new economy minerals that the Queensland government want to find are actually old world metals. You see, the energy transition can't happen without base metals like zinc and lead and silver, something of which uh, the recently listed Iltani Resources is actually exploring for in Queensland. I'm Shay Russell and welcome back to Cocktails and Commodities, the resource podcast where macro analysis meets mining insights. Tap smack or headbutt the like button, but don't hurt yourself so you can remember that all information in this podcast is general in nature and not financial advice. Now, Altani Resources has four projects in Queensland. However, it's the Herberton one that is picking up the most interest. In fact, it's this Herberton project that has been described as Australia's most exciting unexplored silver deposit. And this particular project was historically mined from around the 1880s to the 1920s and comes with a historic Jork compliant resource of 229,000 tonnes. Not only does the Herbert and Project host important minerals like zinc, lead and silver, all crucial ones needed in order for the energy transition, but it also holds Australia's largest and highest grade indium deposit. Now, this particular project hasn't been drilled in 35 years, which means a lot of the results that come through are likely to surprise the market. Here to talk about the project in more detail is Donald Garner, the Managing Director of Eltani Resources. Donald, how are you? Good, thank you, Shane. Thank you for having me here today. I'm thrilled to have you. Now, this is not often I say this about mining company CEOs or exploration company CEOs, but I was enthralled with your presentation when I saw it back in June. Uh, You you. hadn't listed yet, but what you guys are working on uh, up in Queensland and you've got a project down in Tasmania is terribly exciting. Uh, and I really feel that this is a great geology story. So it is absolutely my pleasure when I say that I'm having you on the show today. I've wanted to have you on for ages. Now, that's enough fangirling uh, about you and your company. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, first and foremost, you IPO'd back in June. And my numbers tell me that you were the 14th company to IPO on the ASX this year. Uh, I believe you were the last company for the financial year to IPO. This is a tough market to try and launch and raise money in. Why would you do that to yourselves right now? We came to we we came to the market in June, and part of our our investment case is we we were raising money to explore our project portfolio, by but by also being listed, Iltaniax is a platform for us to bring additional projects into the company, and if we're listed it's easier for us to offer script cash to potential vendors for projects because we want to create value both through the, the drill bit and the boardroom acquisition. And if we list uh, in a challenging market, it usually means there's more projects available at an attractive price. And when the market recovers, those projects will increase in value, which is great for our shareholders if we buy them. Now, you've got some very, very exciting projects on your books, and I am going to try and get through as many of them as possible today. Uh, First and foremost, you've got four projects along the eastern seaboard of Queensland, am I correct? Mm -hmm. And then you've got one on the west coast of Tasmania as well. Correct. Um, So you've got a diverse holding. Now, this is really exciting, but what I want to know is, why would you be attracted to the eastern seaboard of Queensland? Now, the reason why I bring this up is, 
a, a lot of people when they think of base metal projects, they you know they think straight away of the Mount Isa region, but you're a thousand kilometers away from that. I used to be involved with Red River, and we I was involved with Red River from 2014 to 2021, and we operated in the same area. So Red River had Finder, the Finder base metal operation. So I've got a deep understanding of that area of the world and its geological potential and geological prospectivity. And there's, you know, there, there have been multiple base metal mines there, there's, and there's potential for more. So it's it's good to go where there, one you're comfortable operating, and two there's a great geological prospectivity. Do you feel that the uh, the regions that you're looking in have been overlooked for the past few years? I think so, to to a certain extent, yes. Um, so what attra- what is so exciting about the geology in this area? And maybe we start talking about the Herberton project that you've but got on your books. Herberton, uh, there's a long record of mining operations in the Herberton region. You know, going back to the time, of, sorry, the 1900s when they were mining tin. Large scale alteration systems. The the potential there for epithermal and property mineralization, we believe, is very strong. Plus, you've got this. Uh, indium antimony critical metals exposure there too so it's, it's an area we wanted to be in uh, we bought the Herbton project from Red River Resources when Red River went into administration in 2022 so when I was at Red River I put the project into Red River and when the opportunity came to buy it out of Red River I bought it out of Red River and we look for projects where we believe that there's potential to make a, an economically viable discovery and we believe that's the case at Herbton and we know that from the historical exploration that has been carried out there. Um, I sort of feel like Herberton, and you know, this is a great find. As you said, you just put it into Red River, then you patiently waited for it to become available again, and you've gone and acquired it a second time. Um, I feel going through the original ge- um, geology report when Iltani was listing, I feel like Herberton's could be one of the best kept secrets because you've got, I'm just looking at my notes here, you've got silver and timony. And I believe the highest grade uh, known deposit of indium in Australia. Correct. How unusual is it to find all of these three metals together? Uh, it is unusual, but that's a function of the prospectivity of the Herbiton region. You've got these really big uh, mineralizing systems. Mm-hmm. And when the old timers were mining, were looking at these systems, they were looking for really, really high grade or potentially direct shipping ore. So the Back in the day, they had, there, was, there was a couple of tin smelters in, in the Herberton region. There was a copper smelter up in Chiligo. So they, they were mining really, really high-grade ores to, to put on the back of um, bullet trains to go to these, these smelters. So they weren't really interested in the bigger systems. So we believe the potential there to find these bigger systems and also chase, what the, chase these systems uh, at depth as well. So obviously there's historical workings on site, but they're mostly at surface. Oh, there's hundreds of historical workings on site. How has this gone under the radar then? Uh, what, Herberton, the Orion yeah, Project? Yeah, let's go with Herberton. The, well, the Orion Project is, is where we're currently active. We just finished a drilling program there. We've, we've just drilled 15 holes at 2,000 metres and we're currently receiving the assay results as we speak. Uh, the last drilling that was done there was done there in the 1980s and 1990s, so yeah, 30 odd years ago. And it, it just it has just flown under the radar. So there's an opportunity there to pick it up. Oh, it's a great opportunity. Now, you've just said you've drilled 200 metres across 15... 2,000. 2,000 metres. Apologies for that. Across 15 holes. What depths were you targeting? 100, 150 metres. We we were were using an RC rig, so get in, drill the holes, get out. Uh, 
with the, with the RC rig we were using, you know, once you once you go past 150, 200 meters, it gets more challenging with an RC rig. So we'll look at the assay results and then we'll decide to come back. We'll decide whether to come back. We will come back and then we'll decide whether we go for another round of RC drilling or we use Diamond to follow the systems of there. And combined with this, we've just had a, a geologist called Nick Tate do a big mapping exercise of Aurora. Nick Tate's an expert in these systems, so he's, he's mapped out the system, he's mapped out the vein systems, the alteration zones, and that will help us guide our drilling as well. Uh, I'd like to just nerd out over the geology at the Herbiton project, and it's the Orient in particular that yeah. seems really exciting. Now, you're a geologist by trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I last worked as a geo quite a few years ago. But yeah. yeah, that's true. I, I, I know, I know. It was a quite a few years yeah. ago. But at the end of the day, you're a geologist by trade. Yeah. That's where you started it. Let's just nerd out over these great rocks at the moment. What attracted you to this project? Was it that it what has flown under the radar? Was it historical workings? Was it the outcropping that was particular what? interesting to you? Crystal architecture. The as technical as you want. The, there's a big, big system there, so it's probably at least 5k by 2k wide, yep. maybe maybe more. Uh, so you've got that, these high-level silver lead, zinc, indium, antimony veins. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's potential for high-grade mineralization in, in those veins. There are zones where there's more stockwork mineralization. So where there's stockwork mineralization, there's potential for bulk tonnage targets. Plus, we believe that the as as you go deeper in the vein system you'll transition towards a more copper-rich assemblage in the veins and potentially with a porphyry system at depth. So Nick Tate has confirmed that the, the vein system, the vein systems we're dealing with are epithermal, mm -hmm. so shallow high-level mineralization. And as you trend down in the system, you should, you should have the, the porphyry at depth. So you're looking at epithermal at surface, and yeah. when you're talking at depth, you're expecting to find copper-rich porphyries. Potentially. potentially. Potentially, potentially, of course. It's always potentially until yeah. it's found. Yeah. While we're here, so we'll, let's go about what we know that's at the surface. And you've got silver, antimony, and indium at the surface. Lead zinc as well. And lead and zinc as well. Oh, that's good. Plus, got... plus some tin kicking around in the system and copper as well at the surface. So this is a really important polymetallic project. Well, for us, it's, it's the key project in our company, yes. So silver's the dominant mineral there? So far. So far. Uh, as you go deeper in the system, the mm -hmm. system appears to become more zinc rich. Mm -hmm. Then we believe as you go further deeper into the system, it will become more copper rich as you get down towards the, 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 the porphyry at depth. Uh, th this is really, really exciting. Let's put your ge geologist hat back yeah. on. Um, what do you think the most exciting part of the project is that the market hasn't really picked up on just yet? The size and scale of the project. Oh, really? It's, it's such, such a big system. And it's, yeah, I think we're only scratching the surface with this current drill, drill mm -hmm. program. So again, we'll look at the results. We'll combine that with Nick Tate's mapping. We've got the historical IP in, in uh, drill mag work that uh, RBR did. So we'll bring it all together. And as we move forward, we'll get a better understanding of the system. So we'll, we'll work out where to go for the bulk, ton bulk, bulk tonnage targets and potentially go at depth as well. Um, now, I don't want to get put the cart before the horse here because we could talk about you've got neighbouring uh, infrastructure that could be uh, accessed or leased one time one time in the future. But again, you know, we're talking 10, 15 years into the future. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Well, it could be two, three years, you don't know. Okay, I like your number better than the number yeah, I threw yeah. out. Um, but what we're seeing right now is you're really at the early stages of telling this rock story, aren't you? I mean, you're, as you said, you started off, you came to market with a reconnaissance program. 
of rock chip samples and now you're moving towards drilling in certain parts, RC we'll, drilling we'll in certain go, parts. We've, we've, we've completed our first pass program. Yeah, and now mapping. So this is really sort of... Um, so we're, we're, cons we're, we're considering you advancing the project forward to get a better understanding of the project to under so we can, you know, better target our drilling to make an economic discovery. A couple of the other projects you've got in Eastern Queensland. Now, I'm just, I've scribbled, as you can see, I've scribbled my notes down yeah. here. They're all a little bit tragic. Uh, so you've got three other projects based up in Queensland. Well, in the Herberton region. Oh, are they they're just in the Herberton yeah. region, are they? So how do you know where to drill then? Like, how do you prioritise all of these targets? We drill, that's a very good question. We, we drill where we think we're going to generate the best results for our shareholders. And are you doing this based on the outcropping that you're seeing at surface? So we, we're looking at the the historical exploration activity that's, that's been undertaken. Uh, you know, we, we 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 want to make an economic discovery, so we're looking to we're looking to drill and we're looking to deliver economic grade mineralisation over economic widths. So that's that's our our first hurdle. Then once we get that economic mineralisation over economic widths, we then we'll look to, to infill to build a resource, then then move it forward. Um, I guess the next um, sort of direction I want to steer you in is why these particular metals? Because let's be honest, lithium's hot. Everybody's looking for lithium right yeah. now, and you've gone to the base metal side of things. Look, we look with hindsight. If we if we got back a time machine we went back two or three years, we 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 try build a lithium portfolio. Really? But we can, and. We, uh, I think there's a there's a lot of lithium plays on the market, uh, so if you look at the the entire energy revolution that's that's currently underway, mm. lithium is not the only metal or material that's going to be used in that energy revolution. It's going to be indium, antimony, silver, copper, zinc, you name it. All these metals are going to be used. So we're building a position now in the commodities that we think will be. In demand in the future so i'm just going to let you know you commented on my base metal tattoo the alchemy symbols for base metal tattoos i yeah. have on my fingers i have an unnatural love for base metals yeah. projects so it really it's it's exciting to see it, your company exploring these because look, when you look at what's happening you know lithium into batteries into, into evs the, the battery chemistry can change as you've seen with the, the move away from cobalt rich batteries and evs uh but the 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 one critical mineral metal, colloidal, is copper. You know, copper in power generation, power transmission, power storage, power consumption. Mm. Doesn't matter what your battery chemistry in an EV is, you still need copper. So that's part of the reason is, is to be listed and doing what we're doing is to explore our projects, look for copper in our projects, look for silver in our projects, but also bring other projects into the company. Are you going to maintain a base metals and precious metals and critical metals focus? There's a lot of metals that I just threw into there. Those are the areas we're comfortable in, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's about creating value for our shareholders. So we want to position ourselves in commodities and projects that create value for our shareholders. I think being in base metals is an excellent strategic decision, uh, simply because, and I know you brought this up in your June presentation, nobody's building big mines at the moment. Um, there's not a lot of investment no. in, in looking for the type of metals that you're looking for. And we, we have an opportunity now, while the market is challenging, to build a portfolio of attractive assets in these commodities. Mm. And when the market turns, which it will, and when the market, then our shareholders will be well rewarded. 
Yeah, look, I think that's a really good answer. Now, early on in your August announcement, you uh, you said yeah. some really positive results of rock chip samples, and I know there's some assays pending uh, yeah. at labs right now. Uh, tell me, you know, this is sort of the, the question that all investors want yeah. to know, what's in it for me? What sort of news flow can we expect between now and Christmas? Uh, we'll have the assay results from the drilling, the assay results from the sampling, plus we're going to get we're going to get uh, more boots on the grind to do more uh, exploration activities going out there, you know, targeting regional prospects. So we'll, we'll have a, a steady stream of announcements as we move forward. And how much from the RC drilling that you're doing right now is going to dictate next year's exploration work? Probably quite a lot. So we'll, once we get the results, we'll, we'll pull up pull up the results. We'll, we're, we're, we're building a model of the system, taking the historical data plus the geophysical data. So we'll put the results in that. We'll look at the, the work that Nick Tay has done. Mm -hmm. Then we'll work out where we're going to drill next. Now, I did say earlier at the start of this conversation that I really enjoyed your June presentation. And I believe, and again, I don't say this about many companies because you do come across as very passionate about this project. Yep. And that's what I do love to see in uh, exploration companies. Um, tell me, people, wh where are you next going to be visible? Because I actually do recommend that people come and see you presenting. Noosa Mining Conference in November. What date's that? I think it's the... Th well, I've just put you on the spot, haven't I? Think I? It's, I think it's the... <laughs> 11th, 12th of November, but no, I'll, have, I'll have to check that. So after the Melbourne Cup, that's the most important detail. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend people get to see you present there because you guys are doing, um, I love it when companies operate by stealth. What, what, what we're doing is when we when we came to the market and listed, we, we told our investors, mm -hmm. we told the people coming in the IPO, this is what we're going to do. And we're just doing what we said we'd do. Now, I know you're not meant to have favourite metals in your projects, but I have heard that there was one shareholder who was very exciting, very excited that you had indium in one of your projects. Yeah. If you had to pick what was what probably one of the most promising metals in what you're working on, what would it be? Probably at Orient. Orient, yep. Moment, probably silver. Silver? So we'll, we'll see what we'll see. Subject to the assay results, we'll see what it's like. But we, I think we've got some a really good potential to find a make a bulk tonnage discovery at Orient. What is it about silver that you find most attractive at the moment? Is it the economic backdrop? But silver is, it's, it's, use the use of silver is going to increase as we move forward. It's, it's particularly used in solar panels, and it's a, it's a precious metal, but with an industrial use as well. And the world needs more silver. Well, the industrial use makes up over fifty percent of all su silver yeah. consumed, and that's only growing to uh, only going to grow with the essentially essentially the electrification of everything. It is, so it, it it comes back to the the bigger thesis that you know, as as we move the world moves forward to this net in net zero emissions future, and I think you're going to see ever increasing pressure on that now with the more as climate change becomes more visible, you know, increasing temperatures, you know, more storms, that sort of thing. People, everyone can see something's happening. Mm. Whether you believe it's driven by carbon dioxide or not, it's up to you, but everyone can see something's happening. So the world will move towards net zero emissions future, and the world is going to need a lot more commodities to deliver this future, and the commodities are going to come from the mining industry. So it's, it's about positioning our, ourselves in the commodities with a good future in, in stable jurisdictions like Australia, where you can mine, we can explore, develop, and mine the the projects with a 
great, a good degree of certainty. What is so attractive about exploring in Queensland? Is it like, we all know WA is mining friendly, you know, that's, you dig a hole and you get money in WA. But again, this brings me back to Queensland. Is, you know, is it quite favourable to base metals projects at the moment? Oh, look, Queensland, the Queensland government has undertaken a number of strategies recently. They've, they've released this uh, critical mineral strategy, whereby they've basically said for the next five years, all EPM and exploration tenements essentially in Queensland are rent free. Thank you to the Queensland <laughs> government. That will save us about 70 on, our, on the rents we pay, that will save us about seventy to eighty thousand dollars a year in rent. And look, Queensland is a particularly where we are. We believe it's a good place to do business. You've got uh, highly prospective, great geology. You've got history of discoveries. You've got processing infrastructure in the region. You've got export port facilities, like for example Townsville. You know, if we produce a copper concentrate, you potentially could take it to the uh, the copper smelter at Isa. There's a zinc smelter in Townsville for Sun Metals as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good place to do business. This is quite strategic because, as you're saying, you know, you're looking for something and you're hoping to find something uh, of, of scale and that's economic, but you're well supported by infrastructure. You're not in the middle of the desert where you don't even have comms. You've, you know, you've got mini mining cities all, surra- um, all, all over Queensland that can provide um, adequate planting equipment going forward should something be found. Yeah, and you've also got this. Look, you need to have the support of the local community and, and the government. The way you get the support of the local community, in my, in my opinion, is to demonstrate to the local community that they will economic, they will have a economically benefit from the mining project, which is jobs. Uh, you sp- uh, the the money you spend, you try and spend as much as you can in the local community, so that people can see the benefit. You need to have the support of the First Nations people as well, mm-hmm. and we we've got a good working relationship with our our First Nations groups. Again, they want to benefit from the project. It's it's like. If you imagine it's like having a, a pie, you know, you can't, for, for the mining project to be a success, everyone's got to have a, a part of the pie. If you want, if you try to kick it all for yourself and none for, for, the, for the other stakeholders, then your project might not get up. And it's just about sharing the pie with, with the local community and the First Nations groups to, so they support your projects. And we believe that where we are in Queensland is, is, a, is a good place to do business. I love how, you, how you've explained the pie there, Donald, and I think it's really important that so many people don't realise that good quality management is needed to get a project out of the ground. Uh, so obviously you've got great favourable geology that's looking your way, but yeah. it sounds very much like you've structured your management team to understand all the parts that need to come well, together. And we've only got, yes, we have, and as we grow, we'll, we'll, grow, we'll, we'll grow our management team, but yes, you know, the everyone has to everybody involved in the project has to see a benefit from the project and if if you if the local community and by local community also mean the first nations groups don't support the project then you've got an uphill battle ahead to to get your project into production um, I, re- I'm, I find it refreshing that you touched on that because I don't think it's discussed enough how important working with a local community is and including First Nations people. Also, to going forward, there's a lot of investors that are quite concerned that companies need to meet these ESG credentials and by having that local community mindset first, yeah. you're really addressing that part for uh, ethically focused investors. We just want to do the right thing and we want to do the right thing whilst creating shareholder value. And if we don't do the right thing, we don't believe we can create, it'll be more difficult for us to create shareholder, 
supportive around you. No, I completely agree, and I think you. I think from what you've told me, you're on the right track. Yeah. And look, I, I've been in the on the mining side of things, well, on the investor um, commentary side of things for 15 years, and I've seen a lot of companies come and go because they don't approach yeah. this the right way. So to hear that mindset, I think, is very important and reassuring, especially when you're an early stage project. So knowing where management's heads at, you know, it sounds like you're working two steps ahead, even though you're you're located back here at just the exploration phase. So that's very important. Thank you. Now I know you have somewhere to be very yeah. sure, uh, very soon, and but first and foremost, this is called cocktails and commodities. It's not just yeah. commodities podcast. So we've talked about the polymetallics. We've yeah. talked about your base metals. But tell me, if we were out at a bar, what cocktail would I be buying you? Oh, pint of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's that's okay. probably not the answer you want to hear. No, 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 no. I don't I, know. I, Which, is it a fancy beer or just a good old, like we're talking a pint? Pint, uh, pint of bitter. Like, like the, the bigger the better? Oh, no, no. Just, <laughs> just, just, I, I, I used to play rugby, so pint of beer. <laughs> pint of beer, and that's then it? Then another one, then another one, then another one, then another one. <laughs> I wish we actually were doing that. Look, I don't admit this to many people, but I'm actually a bourbon drinker. I'm I do like a cocktail, but I, I'm happy just to have a bourbon. So. I, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm from Scotland, so whiskey, not bourbon. Uh, yeah, I should never have said that in front of you, should I? No, it's okay. Uh, Donald, Donald, this has been a great chat. Thank I'm you. genuinely excited about what you guys are working on. So are we. So are we. Oh, good. So please know I am following your story. As you, you have noticed, uh, noticed, I am very into base metals yeah. projects. There's not enough great ones happening right now, and I believe you guys are doing that. Um, I will be looking forward to those announcements as they roll through. And thank you so much for being no, here. No, th thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. That brings my chat with Donald to a close. Give us a like and make sure you leave a five-star review while you're there. And make sure you're following Cocktails and Commodities so you always know what stocks are making news, which commodities are moving markets, and the company's trying to get it out of the ground.